2: Hello and welcome to this Foot Weekly Podcast. We've got a special episode for you, an interview with the lead gameplay producer on EAFC. I'm also joined by Air Japes, though. Not a lead gameplay producer, but, you know, certainly leading on gameplay in various ways over the years. Yeah,
0: I appreciate that. But maybe someday I'll decide to make a move to Vancouver or something like that and see if I can (laughs) work on the game itself. But that day... The day is not today. So I was enjoy this podcast very much though, because it's a chance to get really hyper focused and detailed in many ways. And this is where I start to build that true like excitement for the upcoming year. So looking forward to this one for a while now. Yeah.
2: If you find out what the people who make the game are excited about, it is always very interesting to hear every year. And uh, we're delighted to welcome back to the podcast. As I said, lead gameplay producer, Sam Kovalev. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm uh, really glad to be part of this
1: special podcast. And now I'm a little bit worried. Am I dropping it uh, in a stress because uh, you're coming for it, apparently. yeah. I love a little say. bit of
2: competition, <laughs> actually. It's, it's good to have to grow the team, get new talent <laughs> on the team. I'm going to assume them not be on the podcast, so I'll say I was wrong. He'd be a terrible gameplay producer. I <laughs> uh, don't employ him. Uh, but let's dive into uh, talking about this because we don't have too much time and actually for that reason we won't be doing explanations of the features, just discussing them uh, with Sam here. And Sam is a gameplay producer, so although people might have questions about I don't know ultimate team champs rivals etc things like that that isn't going to be what Sam works on, so we won't be talking about those things. Maybe we'll get someone in the future uh, to talk about those elements. Um, but on this episode, we'll be talking mainly EAFC features in the part two, probably more about more general gameplay frustrations and uh, metas and things like that. Um, but let's start off with a straightforward question. I'm not sure the answer is straightforward. What is going to be the biggest gameplay change, Sam, for players going into EAFC 24? It's probably one of the hardest questions. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I feel like when
1: we just started the working on the FC Twenty Four, one of the questions that was constantly popping up in our head was what makes and what defines a footballer and makes them different from one from another. What makes Messi, Messi? What makes Bappe Mbappe? and Bappe? Uh, and one of the keywords and the creative vision uh, pillars that we set up early in production was. It's all about the way that the footballers look, moves, and plays on the pitch. So I know like all of these three uh, keywords are associated with the big trio of the technologies. The sapien, it's about how the player looks, the cloth around the players, their body topology. It's about the moves and the high-promotion V, the uh, top-notch. Uh, technologies, machine learning algorithm. So that's super exciting. And the third one, the big one, is about the the way how they actually perform on the pitch. And one of the biggest part of the the play is the play styles. And I feel like in the end, the uh, when it comes to the question what is the biggest gameplay change, I feel like it's the sheer amount and the uh, it's all of them combined. And I feel like the uh, I I'm really hope that uh, um, everyone who tries uh, F24 will find something that will uh, truly excite and uh, completely change the way uh, they play in the game from one year to another. I feel like, the, for me personally, play styles is one of the uh, biggest uh, opportunities that can completely redefine and reshape the way you approach. Uh, the game and the way you play in uh, any game modes really yeah that's
0: that's an interesting one and i think the you know the follow-on or i suppose the next question that comes to mind for me is how much better more so what is the difference between playstyle versus playstyle plus
1: well i feel like when we talk about the playstyles playstyle plus in a similar way i can share a little bit of sneak peek into the development kitchen, and how we approach uh, development features, obviously, uh, we had like forth and back, uh, sometimes very heated, very passionate discussions about how exactly we want to implement this because many other sports titles and like similar games, we can had even some inspirations from the, let's say, RPGs. If we uh, can uh, um, say that, the there is uh, so many different ways how the way you want to implement uh, the way you want to make like the differences, uh, certain let's say gameplay advantages and the the boosts, uh, there's definitely around like five six uh, completely different implementations uh, you can uh, do when you approach uh, to implement system like that. But one of the our key objective was to make a system that respects our current gameplay philosophy, which is always about fairness. Uh, uh creating this skill gap but at the same time keeping this authentic uh keeping the game feel uh, natural as, uh, as something you would expect to to see uh by watching the weekend league uh watching TV uh experience of so like a world cup so it's something about which is authentic something that is believable is true to football mm-hmm. it's real so then it comes to in a way to create, in a certain ways, like a DNA of the players, like their fingerprints. It's a combination of the play styles that define uh, one player from another. Let's say if we take, a, again, about uh, Messi and Mbappe, they both are uh, amazing on the ball. They can dribble past each defender, but the way they will get past the defender or they will they dribble past the defender is different, and that's what defines their personalities and the way how they behave on the pitch So when we're creating the play styles we're trying to to make them to be as diverse uh, as possible in terms of covering all the uh, football aspects on the pitch so we're talking about attacking and passing and defending so it's basically regardless of what's your position on the pitch what's your emploi on the pitch there are several very useful uh, play styles that are key. For that position, that role uh, to, to be successful at football. And something that we actually can see uh, in real life, like having the intercept on your uh, defensive center meet. That's uh, a very key key attribute that we can also can see in the players like N'Golo Kante playing in, in the game. So we brought the inspirations in terms of the coverage and the like, spread, uh, spread around. That's why we have uh, so many play styles. When it comes to the levels, uh, we created these two tiers Coming up with two different objectives. Uh, the what I was just mentioned before, the like a DNA and the fingerprints. Those are the regular level of the play styles because we know that the usually uh, the elite players they are so good they they can do like several things at a very good level, which kind of differentiates them uh, fr- fr- from the rest. But it's more let's say uh, like the outside foot shots. Many players. Uh, can can do them and use them very efficiently in their day to day play. So that's kind of defines their DNA, and, and that's why it's a combination five, six, seven. That combination it defines the the player. You you literally can close your eyes. No, actually not close your eyes. Close the 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 picture of the of the player. Try to guess what the player is based on the combination of the play styles. And at the same time, we also want you to recognize. The absolute great, the best of the best, like top of the world, something that only very few can do. And this is where the Playstyles Plus comes in. Uh, it's going from from special to spectacular mm. because it's truly an extra level of getting to recognize uh, unique abilities of a specific players. Because only very few players. We're talking about like a hundred players. At the day one that will have access of PlayStyle Plus, which will really kind of separate them uh, from the rest in their true uniqueness. So that's why we wanted to make like a PlayStyle Plus, something which is more noticeable, more visually noticeable, but also more noticeable in terms of the gameplay effects and in terms of the which uh, additional boosts or additional uh, advantage it can give. Uh, because each playstyle plus uh, we wanted to create in such a way that it will be desired by the players because they really want to play. Oh, I want to try playstyle with the with the cheap shots. Now I have the access to the players. Okay, let's see how it's working. Okay, I love it. I'll do it more and more. Then the power shot. So it's like depending. You're switching from one to another. Each of them is like, oh, this one is good. This one is good. This one is good. It's like all of them are good. And so then you started to make choices. And this. Choice-making is where the, I
2: feel like, when the real fun begins. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I believe this is going to be released after the beta has closed and we had the opportunity to talk about the beta last time. And the PlayStyle Plus experimentation, if you like, has definitely been one of the most fun parts of playing the game. And I'm really looking forward to everyone getting to do that. One thing that was quite interesting is some of these boosts, specific stats, I guess, at least behind the scenes. You don't necessarily see it, but I'm guessing they do. Whereas others are more general. For example, I noticed the chip shot one you mentioned allows them to take the chip shot quicker, which isn't something that's, I guess, reflected typically in a player's stats. I don't know, maybe reactions or something like that. But there's also things like giant throw, for example, more traditional traits which didn't affect specific stats, but allowed a player to do something different. Uh, when they do affect stats, examples might be, I don't know, technical and rapid, which increase the speed of a player. Is it essentially just boosting a stat by a certain percentage, and is that percentage really actually quite big at Playstyle Plus level? And I guess I don't know whether you could say, but I'd be interested to know like how much it steps up from Playstyle uh, to Playstyle Plus. This is a very
1: great question, and I feel like it's it would be great for me to to share more like in depth in exactly how it's working. Mm. So. In reality, none of the play styles are directly affecting any of the attributes. Oh, it's okay. a separate system. So it's a design-wise to create something that goes hand-in-hand with the attributes, but it's it's parallel. So think about this uh, when you, let's say, when you're shooting. Uh, let's take about the uh, finesse shot. So there is uh, lots of uh, uh, things that are scaled with the with the attributes. The accuracy, the amount of arrow they can put on the ball, how you can behave uh, uh, under pressure uh, when the the opponents are nearby, when the composure takes into calculation. So this uh, represents your uh, basically uh, ability to perform a certain action with the more efficiency. Mm. At the same time, the play style with the finish shot adds extra gated behavior in a sense suddenly you have access to more curvature, uh, more curve on the trajectory. Or you can play animation a little bit faster, so you like faster on the ball, exactly like you mentioned. So it's those things create uh, a unique skill, so to speak, that the player can, can access, like in real world. So in the end, there could be a combination that, let's say, you can have a very high, let's say, 99 attributes. You can you can score effectively with the finesse, but you will never see a, a super curvy, uh, loopy trajectory finesse uh, with the uh, 99 without the play style. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you can have a, a player with the uh, with the play style and the play style plus, uh, but still in the let's say high 80s attributes. So that that would mean you will see those uh, effects that the play styles. Uh, unlock with the more curved trajectory a loopy going around the goalkeeper but then your let's say accuracy and efficiency uh, will be uh, less consistent if if your attributes would be 99 mm. and of course then you have a combination of uh, 99 and the play style and i can even mention that the play styles and the way how uh, basically everything uh, or not everything but most of the things uh uh implemented on the gameplay side is that we know that the attributes matter what defines the uh, player personalities because we spend a lot of time in, in making sure that we kind of recognize the best players in the world we get inspired from the best players of the world and that's why we create like their personalities and progression uh, within the game the play styles are naturally kind of scaled and improved alongside with the attributes so it means that the The maximum uh, effect and of the playstyle plus will come when your attributes are also at the max ninety nine mm. so when you let's say you have a player who has shot power ninety five and the finishing ninety five and you get access to playstyle plus short power it doesn't mean that you're no longer there is no purpose in uh, upgrading further. The shot power attribute, actually in reverse, maybe now it's even more uh, beneficial because those extra final like stretch to 99 for the maximum possible uh, kind of benefits, and the the like a super rock shot will come in with the 99 with the playstyle combination. So it's the two systems that kind of uh, help each other, and they usually target it on the. Design wise, on the different aspects of the game, attributes work more towards like hidden things, like more like the effectiveness, while the play styles in its mass, we'll, we'll try to make them more visual, something that uh, makes a, a difference, something that makes, uh, uh, let's say, a different outcome, uh, like the the stop tackles on the anticipate or the the trajectory on the curve, or the time time to content on the power shot—that's a big difference coming up on from the play styles. So we try to make as many of them as possible to be visually noticeable uh, by the players. But of course, it's very different one to another. So each play style is like uniquely crafted so by the producers and designers on that particular area to to make sure that what makes sense. To keep the game again fair, to keep uh, the game balanced, but also give the a sense of progression in within. And of course, let's say for the shot, maybe it's uh, more noticeable. Maybe the certain play styles, like uh, let's say tiki taka, it might be a little bit going under the radar. It's a little bit hidden, but it's uh, improve the such a basic and the core concept of like ground passes and the short passes, which are happening a lot in your game. So you might not notice this, but while playing and playing each game, you suddenly say, like, you know what, I'm having a lot of success with that particular player, and he has a tiki-taka. And that might be not a coincidence. That's actually something that maybe you will be able to feel over the course of the games. And I feel like these, uh, as I was mentioned before, the real fun will begin like later on, when you will try to find what type of the recipe, in a sense, and the combination of the players would really suit your personal play style. No pun intended, in in a way that you know what I like this combination. Sure, I can watch, uh, listen to the podcast. I can watch the content creators created on YouTube recommended certain players, but you know what? I disagree with them. I love Tiki Taka. I put like three players with Tiki Taka and I have a great success playing with this. So I feel like these hidden combos that work yeah, for you will be something truly exciting. I think
0: that <laughs> leads in nicely to the question that gets asked every single year without fail. So we might as well get it out of the way early is, will Tony Cruz be usable in FC 24 and usable is heavily in
1: quotes. Are you asking this question like every year? (laughs) We won't
0: hear the end of it if we don't ask this question. So we, you know, we do our uh, service
1: to the community and we have to ask. And uh, to to be honest, like, I love him. I usually every year I'm uh, waiting for uh, one of his special cards coming up that, let's be (laughs) honest, uh, bumps a little bit up the, the speed. But uh, at the same time, I feel like the play styles definitely uh, will uh, help uh, in this direction, and especially it can be uh, he can be a particular like a corner piece in your inter center mid in certain like overall strategies uh, formations when you uh, rely on a on a great long pass coming towards your wingers. For them to receive, so a lot of the uh, play styles, you can also think about them as a potential like a synergy in between the players. So some of them are very um, uh, obvious. More like if you have a winger with the whip cross and the tall striker uh, with the aerial uh, duel and the going up for the uh, power header, I think that's a that's a combo combo wombo in a sense. That, and that's is quite noticeable. I feel like at the same time, the having the uh, deep line playmaker, the player that's uh, have access to both, let's say, long pass, but also like a short pass. Which you tackle like uh, the going out for the through balls. Having the like versatility that suddenly you can have uh, all, let's say, three uh, types of passes that you predominantly use are. Improved with the playstyles. Suddenly, that player might, uh, for you, check all the marks, and it's more about uh, what type of the place uh, you, you you create. Because I feel like everyone will have their own opinion on uh, uh, which uh, playstyles are the best for the positions. Certainly, certain some of them might become like meta play styles and like it's a no-brainer. You you want to have this. Let's say maybe all the defenders uh, jockey. Uh, might become because we know, like jockey, is a very uh, competitive uh, part uh, of the game. It's very highly used uh, technique. So, but then the the others are up for debate, up for personal preferences. And then if you have a player that check marks for you uh, all your four preferences, then that player is uh, immediately more valuable uh, and more efficient for you. So I'm pretty sure there will be a certain. Uh, plays with the deep line playmakers in the center mid, uh relying on sending the long ball and like being as a as a true deep line playmaker and finding the your teammates uh up front, then the Tony Cross will check several marks uh, for uh for this particular strategy. And then yeah, he will be definitely a very uh useful player and uh, uh, might be more valuable and more uh, viable uh, compared to uh, previous
2: years. Mm. That actually leads me on from that question about through balls to this listener question from Sacker. He was asking uh, whether essentially there would be less of a focus on through balls I guess in 24 and felt that in last year's game and actually in the conversations we had before launch there was hope that maybe the through ball wouldn't be quite so effective. I think accelerate and lengthy might have uh, been a bit of an issue for stopping that becoming such a meta. Um, we can talk about that in a bit, but what has been done for FC24 to really, I guess, focus on uh, gameplay outside of through balls. I feel like
1: here, when it comes to create uh, a play, and like I know like, it has a great success on the development floor, we're starting to see some feedback from the close battle more and more right now. But the uh, precision pass as a new feature can completely change your uh, your go to usage of the game and the way you play and the mechanics because it's such a core like football IQ element. Because when we in the beginning of the year, I feel like precision pass is a great feature that kind of actually defines. And it's a good example of how we approach and develop in development the features because we knew, like in the past, people would say, like, we want to be in the control of the outcome, mm. like when it comes to passes, because precision pass will allow not only to kind of visually see with the indicator where the ball will will land, but it also helps you to direct your your teammate, the the receiver of the pass, to go a little bit wider. Into the open space or trying to make like a a needle thread in between the defenders with like a precision. So it's something that recognizes the footballer cue, understanding of the game, uh, understanding of the football as a sport in general, but understanding uh, FC24 uh, and the meta uh, in particular is something that can reward high skill as well. So I feel like that feature is... uh, Quite, uh, quite interesting, and I would encourage everyone to try it out. Of course, it doesn't mean like you need to suddenly use only the precision passes in the game. But I feel like it actually defines that we want to give as many tools as possible to the players that create a different outcome, that create a, a different choice. And I know, like in these situations, uh, these type of plays. This is a kind of the go-to. I can have a success with this because it's designed for situations like this with the, let's say, open space on the wide and I can get get around the defenders. And then it comes to our design challenges in the sense that then we're saying like the precision pass is something that we're looking at as a way of like this should be good in these kind of situations. So and then the through pass as a matter uh, maybe. In the past, uh, because it's kind of the, in a sense, more assisted. And sometimes some people will say, like, oh, this is a little bit, I would prefer this. I would prefer the other outcome. So there's always a little bit of like a small mini camps arguing mm-hmm. what they want in a particular case. So I think like a precision pass opens, uh, results this uh, conflict in the sense by creating something that the uh, player wanted. And I know like uh, many players have. Uh, uh, very high appreciation and success with the uh, precision passes uh, already. Uh, especially once you learn the precision pass uh, in, in its effectiveness, you can also go to the swerve variation of the precision pass, which is very good, very good. And every time you you hit it, it's very rewarding because it's it's a smart play. You you instantly uh, feel uh, like the game recognized you. As a good player, in a sense, which I feel like it's a it's a good feeling. So I feel like that was our a focus on the on the like precision pass, and, and I feel like the the smart play, smart finding of the play with the precision pass might become more prominent on the competitive scene, on the high uh, high competitive uh, level of the game, but also across all the levels. But when when it comes to usage, you know that it's fair. Because it's not easy to pull out. You need to understand where your players are moving. You're in control of the game. And I feel like it creates a more uh, balanced uh, Mm -hmm. gameplay experience. One of the things
0: that's gone under the radar, but I am most excited for as a longtime semi-assisted shooter of the ball is precision shooting. Pretty interesting in testing. Can you talk a... To us, a little bit more about what the goal was when putting that into the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I can even mention a little bit of uh, like extra comment on what you just said about going a little bit under the radar. We almost feel like it's a it's a blessing and a curse that we have so many features. The I feel like this this year is filled up and filled up with the so many great features, mechanics, uh, and improvements. It could be even sometimes small improvements that. Go under the radar, but they will tremendously improve the feel, feel of the game. And even like you know, like we were making the our gameplay deep dive. Uh, we were focusing on like it should be a kind of short, impactful message. We worked closely with the marketing. Let's focus on the on the on the big tree of technologies. It's something that drive will drive the conversation the whole year. Something that will be easy for the people to jump in. To maybe get a glimpse of this and then we'll redirect to the uh to the pitch notes and i feel like the gameplay deep dive pitch notes are greater so we, we we know that they, we have a great uh amount of people going onto the website learning of them and the you can definitely judge by scrolling and like by reading through there's a lot so in a sense because of that i feel like many of the small additions might feel they were under radar but it's just because like we if we just talk about the gameplay and make the uh, deep dive trailer it might be like an hour an hour and a half uh, and may, maybe it will be really more difficult you know to listen just so for 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 the full hour uh, but uh, that's why the uh, some of the features maybe uh, had like less of the spotlight because there's so many I think features that deserve the spotlights in particular the Precision shooting uh, is something that definitely designed with the kill gap uh, in mind. Something that's uh, designed to have uh, to reward uh, players for recognizing the good place, but also adds the high risk because you need to aim. And uh, this is something we we genuinely uh, look uh, within uh, our team in ways. How to create a fair mechanics that will scale up with the skill and will create like a rewarding experience, high risk, high reward. For example, the power shot from the last year. They introduced a more manual uh, aim, and uh, let's say on paper, when we were just starting working the power shot, many people say like, you know what, that's uh, absolutely overpowered. It's uh, you, it, we, we, you cannot implement something in the game. It will be just. Uh, uh, game over. Everyone will just uh, stop scoring. But then at the same time, you need to aim. It takes more time. So it's always the other factors that plays in. And the 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 final outcome of you know, the power, power shots uh, came up uh, uh, very balanced. Uh, something that uh, people enjoyed and uh, were not complaining that it's uh, that broke the game in a sense. The precision shooting is something that will kind of follow this more manual aim. And I feel like having the the visual indicator of where you're aiming with this uh, truly helps. And it's something that uh, maybe more and more players uh, will try. Uh, it is not on uh, by default because it is something that you need to learn. You need to try by yourself uh, well, with the games, practice a lot. And for some players, it might may, mean that you need to change some of your uh, building in a sense like muscular memory of like how you approach and the on the attack and third but i think like it's definitely the feature that if you go into play x24 uh, for months and months uh, to, to play in. I think it's something that is worth trying worth uh, practicing and'm I'm, I'm sure that more and more players will uh, find it as their default uh, ways of playing. So having the uh, this kind of uh, a feature that uh, is harder, but it's fair and it requires the skill. So then you understand like if I want to be successful in this, I also need to be good at aiming. I think it's fair. I think it's uh, uh, truly uh, keeps the uh, the spirit of like balance gameplay play uh, in place. But it also gives additional like a skill gap for the player, so it's it's uh, check marks for all the uh, kind of our design objectives.
0: That's um, I love features that you know can help promote that gap. I suppose I think the the kind of follow up question that I have never felt like a true sense of clarity on is how some of these more manual features like precision shooting, how the ratings specifically interact with that? Because if it is more manual, oftentimes maybe it feels like the ratings are less important. Can you talk us through how you think about the way player ratings and stats
1: interact with some of the more manual features? It's a similar way that we were talking about like previously with the play styles. In a sense that everything that we uh, implement uh, uh, within the play everything has some sort of the progression and scaling relating to the attributes a lot of times it's very different the way it's implemented feature to feature like we even like when you're shooting uh, there is like dozens and dozens of gameplay factors that can play in in that particular situations about like how the ball will speed is the pressure is applied uh, where exactly you aimed and like uh, the the player attributes, like the angle of the approach, speed. So there's like dozens and dozens of like graphs coming up, and all of them are scaled in a sense. And sometimes they add like uh, the additive bonus, sometimes it's the uh, multiplier. But think about this that the, in a sense, that the precision shoot, shooting can, if your aim is like extremely good and you aim exactly for the corner, suddenly, the attributes will give you even the higher bonus if it was like uh, a regular uh, assisted shooting. But at the same time, there's a higher risk. If your aim is really bad, suddenly like it goes uh, quite away. I can say for sure that the, the attributes, in particular case of the precision shooting, the higher the attributes they are, one of the effects of the higher attributes is the kind of allowed uh, leverage of how close you need to be to aiming towards the net. So imagine there is a net, there is a post. If you had a player with, uh, I don't know, low sixties, seventies attributes, yeah, to to be um, consistently uh, shoot on target, you would probably need to always aim uh, exactly at the corner of the of the net, which we know like is probably impossible, or maybe possible. Okay. It's impossible for me. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that, that good at the, like, with the aiming, uh, especially in the heated battles uh, uh, we have sometimes in our game. But then the, the higher it's a little bit increase the kind of the zone in which it's still considered like a good aim. Uh, it's still very narrow, especially compared to uh, assisted shooting, but it's more like just a direction uh, near post, far post. Uh, but the attributes are definitely played, played up here. That's why in the features like the, uh, uh, practice arena, uh, you can go up there. You can, uh, switch from one player to another, try to experiment this and, uh, feel the uh, difference from yourself. Because, uh, if you, if you're practicing everything like with Messi, I mean, he's good, but he's already left, like high attributes everywhere. He's good uh, at everything. So if you go into precision shooting immediately, oh yeah, he's already good. But then the, there is still progression, as a, as I mentioned, uh, in all of the gameplay features. They they do not stop at uh, I don't know ninety five or ninety two. There is always a reason uh, that we are implement for people to chase this ninety nine because you know it's it's gets given more and more uh, sometimes the uh, leverage for for the feature. Or the even more accurate, and uh, uh, especially in the uh, very uh, heated games like good player against a good player, and the even matchmaking. Sometimes even even small uh, addition might be the change of the outcome between of the uh, scoring a goal and uh, and the keeper saving it. So that's uh, definitely works out there.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many people try it out early on because obviously you've got lower shooting stats generally at that point and then as time goes on those get better so maybe people will be more inclined to try it uh, when there is a bit more tolerance in their aiming uh, when the finishing is better um, but we should probably take a break there actually we're going to split this into two going to do a part two which will be more focused on more general gameplay frustrations as well as a bit of specific EAFC 24 chat 2 uh, for now thank you very much to Japes and to Sam K. And uh, we will say our goodbyes. If you would like to listen to that next episode, then why not subscribe? You'll get every podcast directly into your podcast feed. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you're listening on YouTube, then do leave a like, drop a comment. Uh, It definitely does help out. And of course, if you would like double the podcast content, then you can become a supporter. It's just £3 a month and it keeps the podcast going. A huge thank you if you are a supporter. It really does make a big difference. And a big thank you too, to those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA Player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Kirky87, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, J Kell, Ibis24, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Adds H2K and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato O'Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.